you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. And now a word from our sponsor. Just lost to the guy who auto-drafted, screaming at the TV again because someone who can't hear you dropped an open pass? That's the worst. Just dropped your RB1 for a kicker? Thought your fantasy draft was a good first date idea? You were probably just blindsided by hunger. Luckily, Snickers, the old standard, is here to pick your sorry butt up off the turf. Get back on your game with NFL Hunger Bars from Snickers. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Kronos. No one compliments you when their paycheck is correct, but make one mistake and you risk alienating your entire workforce. Isn't that right, Mark? It's so true. Kronos makes sure your payroll is done right the first time from punch to paycheck, embedded checklists, simplified workflows, a single source of truth, HR payroll, talent, and timekeeping in one unified system. All with a proven implementation approach and simplified, transparent pricing. Learn more at Kronos.com slash payroll. Kronos.com slash payroll, P-A-Y-R-O-L-L. Kronos, workforce innovation that works. The Around the NFL podcast is in the UK at last. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast from London. My name is Dan Hansis and I'm joined in a boat filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling and Greg Rosenthal. What is up, boys? Hey, Dan. We Not just it. filled Cheerio, with heroes, man. but filled with a couple poor passes. Just turned around and was like, "What is happening in that our will be moving boat?" I'm sorry, very people. soon. I'm sorry. Yeah, we are on a tour boat <laughs> on the, uh, the Freshwater River Thames. There's about five other people on this massive boat, and they had no idea that they were. This was in store for their uh, their ride. A total screw job. Let's be honest uh, for all those people. But we are here. We finally have made it. Uh, to London. Yes, I did get my passport. Yes, we all made the, the plane. The, we made the flight. And uh, 10, 10 and a half hours later, we landed. That's our friend, uh, Stephanie. Yeah, hey, Steph, keep it down. Uh, and now uh, we are a little bit jet lagged, but alive and well on the River Thames, uh, bringing you the Around the NFL podcast from London. You guys are excited, right? I love it. This the architecture on the on the river is fantastic. All the buildings, a mix of old and new. The history. This the is history great. is rich. Everyone's <laughs> always killing London and England about the weather. We've gotten so far. What feels like what did you call it yesterday? The Southern California of uh, Europe. People call this the Burbank of uh, Europe. You do. I don't. I've yes. not heard a, a single other person call it that. Uh, yeah. Very nice weather. Cannot complain. Uh, everything is uh, set up well for a great week. And uh, of course, tomorrow Tuesday is our live show uh, from the Curtain Club uh, in London. And if you are lucky enough to have tickets, we can't wait to see you there. And if you didn't uh, get tickets, maybe just show up anyway and uh, 
We'll let we'll let you like walk over <laughs> yeah. some shadowy league figures to get into the venue. No, not allowed. I got a shadowy league figure riot. shaking his head at me right now. But uh, after the show, maybe we'll uh, meet up at another place nearby uh, if you aren't able to make the show. So. Uh, that's coming up Tuesday. We'll tweet out info on that. Whatever it is, it'll be relatively close to that bar. We do continually we're promise that we're going to be tweeting out info, and nothing has been tweeted <laughs> that's at true. all. People we continue need to, to address that. Us. Uh, yes, and then uh, we'll be doing some stuff with Sky Sports. And, of course, we're doing three shows as we lead up to week one, uh, the kickoff on Thursday uh, between the Eagles and the Falcons. And speaking of the Eagles, we're about to get into some news right now. Um, uh, their quarterback situation will come up. But before we get to that, my goodness, one of the biggest trades in recent memory uh, went down. Hey, loose cannon. What's up, Dan? What's up? I'm just sitting on the floor over here on this boat. Yeah, you are. Yeah. I was going to say you're sitting Indian style, but they don't say that That's, the schools yeah, anymore. You can't say it's that. called... Um, Applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. Crisscross applesauce. What I could say. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's just yeah. That's new to me. That's, that's the way it is now. Mark, uh, you know that too as well. I, I was aware of that. I yes. have small children that go to school. Wes, you went to elementary school along with me about 45 <laughs> years ago, so we did not know that. They didn't, call it, they didn't call it then back so, then. So, Luce Cannon, why don't we do some news? Let's do it. You definitely get a hard worker, uh, a guy that's going to come in and be a great teammate. Uh, and... That's what that's that's the two that's the two most important things that you can pretty much say at this point for me. I'm gonna come in and be a hard worker, and I'm gonna try to lead by example and be a great teammate. And everything on the field gonna take care of itself, baby. All right. Oh my goodness, Khalil Mack. It was the uh, standoff between the Raiders and the star uh, pass rusher that was going nowhere. The two sides weren't communicating. Uh, and the Raiders make a bombshell decision to trade their star defender, the 2016 Defensive Player of the Year, to the Chicago Bears. My goodness, for two first-round picks. Uh, uh, the Bears also um, get a second-round pick, I believe. Is that correct? That's right. Yes. Uh, and the Chicago Bears now have Khalil Mack. The Raiders Mack. got a second-round pick yeah. in From return, Chicago. yes. Right. Uh, the Bears now have Khalil Mack on their front seven, and the Raiders fans are left scratching their head. Wes, this is a bombshell trade. How does it change the Chicago Bears' fortunes in 2017? Well, I think most people looked at their defense. And, and even thought, 2018. Yeah, most people <laughs> thought edge rusher was the big issue there. Uh, Leonard Floyd's coming off an injury. Even if you think that Aaron Lynch was a nice signing reuniting with Vic Pongio. They still Hasn't practiced player. at all, yeah. I thought there were weeks last year where this Bears defense looked like one of the best defenses in the NFL. And if you add a healthy Leonard Floyd and Khalil Mack and then bring in Roquan Smith, this could be one of the best front sevens out there. It starts to remind you a little bit of the early makings of what Vic Fangio had in San Francisco. Fangio. And they've, at every layer they've got, they've got interesting, Akeem talented Nicks players. Is an all-pro guy. This boat's going faster. Right now. <laughs> Fuller. That's going a little too fast right now. I, I I love it. I love that Vic Fangio is like the perfect oh, yeah. answer for Khalil. I mean, the perfect scheme for Khalil Mack. I think people that like it can't go too wrong this trade for Chicago. Like maybe you don't get an exceptional value because you're giving up two first round picks. You gave up all those picks for Trubisky, but you know what you're getting. Like it almost a Hall seems of Fame player in his prime. Right. It seems like a total foolproof way because Mac should be better. It's a better coordinator than he's ever had in Oakland and are, it's better teammates than he ever had in Oakland. Not just up front but their secondary looks really good this year on paper. Mukamara and Fuller had a good offseason. I like their safeties. So those are guys that can cover longer give more time for Mac to get to them and it's just an another reminder. Ryan Pace, their general manager He's sort of in an all-in mode right now. I don't know if it's to save his job or not, or if it's just while Trubisky's on his rookie contract. But it's like, there's no more, hey, let's win six or seven games. That would be a nice improvement story. This is a team that's trying to go to the playoffs right now. I think another big winner is Matt Nagy. I mean, you come in and you thought, well, this is the guy that's going to come in and take Mitch Trubisky and maximize the quarterback position. But suddenly your defense is becoming a strength in a mm. division where you're going to deal with Aaron Rodgers right out of the gate in week one. You're going to play him twice a year, Matthew Stafford, the rest of that division, Kirk Cousins. You've now got the one guy that all three of them have to deal with. Makes them juicy. They're very exciting. In fact, I mean, 
I don't know. Maybe we'll wait for the live show to discuss this formally, but a team of ATN consider uh, consideration. I think now you have to look at the Bears uh, team on the rise now with a stud and Khalil Mack, who they just made the highest paid defensive player ever. He got that deal done immediately. Uh, everything is positive and fun and exciting about the Bears. And when's the last time you could say that? The only reason I didn't nominate them on the last show is because I figured one of you guys would. Just All right. They've been such a trendy team. Let's just stick a pin in that, though, and we'll get to it on Tuesday. Now, the Raiders side of this trade, it's, you know, it's wild. And it, it, if you're a Raiders fan, you're trying to figure out how this could have happened. And I get it because it always felt like to me that this was just a they were doing the, the seductive dance that happens a lot. Uh, in the summer between star player and team and eventually they get the deal done and instead uh, John Gruden didn't blink and Gruden spoke about why he made he made the decision and let's be honest he made this decision poor Reggie McKenzie poor Reggie well you know I mean let's let's listen first to what John Gruden had to say why they made the decision to trade their best defensive player their best player People are trying to divide us, and, and I wanted him gone. He wanted him here. You know, we made a we made a decision as a, as an organization. Mark Davis, Tom Delaney, we all got the information, and um, we made a decision together. You know, it wasn't my goal to trade Khalil when we got here. One of the reasons I'm here is because of him. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we had a standoff with the contract, and uh, we could not come to terms. And the Bears made us an offer, two first-round draft choices, and um, here we are today. I mean, we've been talking all offseason, wondering what's going on in Oakland between John Gruden and Reggie McKenzie. And that, while well, that quote tries to sell us on the idea that they're part and parcel, that they're of the same mind, that they came up with this trade together, when they asked Gruden, so why did you include why, why did you like want the second round pick and all this stuff and the machinations of the deal? He basically said, well, that wasn't up to me. I had nothing to do with it. It was Reggie McKenzie. It's like he was kind of dishing the whole thing off on McKenzie when it got uncomfortable. Hmm. And didn't we see this from Gruden in the old days after the Super Bowl win where he'd find sometimes the blame game would come out with him? That's what happened in Tampa. But he blames the players. I mean, that's to me, he blames the players usually. Like, they somehow weren't good enough. And this, to me, felt like such a strange move that they almost were choreographing from the beginning. I guess there was some hesitation, and Gruden alluded to this, to, okay, if you pay Derek Carr $25, $26 million a year, and you pay Mac $25 million a year, whatever, it's going to be $22 million a year, do you want to have $47 million of your salary cap in two players? It's a, it's a fair question to ask, but I still think that the answer is yes. If Good you're lucky, say yes. Right. If you're lucky enough to draft a Hall of Fame caliber talent like Khalil Mack, you can figure the rest out. Because think of the money that they spent this offseason, million, $30, 40000000 dollars in terms of free agents, and you add some of those players up, and they don't really amount to that much to me. I'd rather have one Khalil Mack yeah, than absolutely. the that they have. And I wonder if this is like a perfect storm type situation. I can't see any other franchise in the NFL making this move. It feels like something out of the 1990s Bengals where you money it was an obstacle here and for most teams in the NFL it's, money really I isn't. Do we know, I people say that that it's somehow maybe like a cash flow problem. Uh for Mark Davis, I'm not sure if I buy that considering the amount of cash that they've spent all offseason. I mean, they spent a ton of money all offseason. But then, they, then their know. priorities are heavily out of whack if they've been spending money on, I think, a, some questionable free agents and putting money in other places and letting Max slip out the door. Two weeks ago, there was I wrote this trade piece suggesting that he could be someone that might be traded if things got ugly, and Raiders fans came out of the woodwork, uh, understandably, to say, you're insane, this will never happen. The and night before the trade went down, Raiders fans were, were so, so in denial. They're the big losers they were like in this. Ostriches well, with I, their think, head in the sand. I think the honeymoon's over for this. It already was over with the national media in Gruden, and I think for fans now, this is this is going to be on their radar. Good teams say you yes. You shouldn't discount getting two first-round picks. I know you have to give back a second. Another third's coming back. That is significant, but it says to me that like they're thinking about the future. I, yeah, I, I tweeted about that like back in 2000. The Jets got two first-rounders for Keyshawn Johnson, and they turned that into uh, real talent that made them a contender for about a decade. But Raiders fans came back at me and Twitter said, yeah, but you had Bill Parcells helping to make those picks. 
they don't trust what's going on in that front the, office. The last right thing now. I'll say is it, Gruden seems to have this old school mentality in a lot of ways and like sending a message by being the new boss and sending away your star player and saying I'm the boss here maybe it's some sort of message to the rest of the players that to seems me screams old school and it seems uh, alright the boat is stopped is the is the boat is it over Anthony no, is we're it over Anthony, <laughs> we've got a ways to go so Anthony's a photographer is it Anthony or Anthony Anthony, Anthony. My Anthony come Anthony. on the mic alright can you tell us something? What are you, a rookie? Anthony's one of those guys that knows everything, and he's given us a lot of good information uh, so far about um, London when we were outside taking photos. And, and, and tell us a little bit about the history of the River Thames. Blimey, how long have we got? Blimey. <laughs> <laughs> a two-minute version. No. So uh, we are on the tidal part of the Thames, which means this uh, the River Thames enters the North Sea from here and uh, the gateway to Europe. Are we in danger? No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we are basically on the east side of the uh, London, which uh, during the days when Great Britain was a big trading nation, this is where all the goods came from around the world to Europe and that's what I'm talking about Anthony knows everything <laughs> <laughs> and we've actually stopped uh, by the uh, North Greenwich Pier for the O2 which was the Millennium Dome which uh, for the uh, turn of the century uh, millennium yes. that's where the big celebration was and uh, directly above us is the cable car I see that which was specially built for tourists to come to the dome and Have any of those ever slipped off the cable right into the water? That would be my concern riding on that. No. This is Great Britain, where we do things great. <laughs> there you go. Anthony, maybe we'll check in with you a little later in the show. Always. Wealth of information. One, one of many uh, British guests we have surprising you guys uh, for this show. We have some royals coming up. Andy Murray. The uh, Prince Harry baby. Oh, he doesn't those are the only British Eddie people the Eagle. I know. And a um, UK Hank. All right. In other Raiders news... What a crazy day for the Raiders. So they trade uh, one of their best players ever, and then uh, they cut Martavis Bryant, and this is another black guy uh, for the Gruden regime uh, because they gave up a not a premium draft pick but a solid mid-round draft pick to bring Martavis Bryant from the Steelers uh, and with a suspension looming, and it would be another, uh, I think it would be his third and a, a, an indefinite one that could knock him out of the league forever. Uh, Martavis Bryant, with that lo looming, is cut. The Raiders say that has nothing to do with the decision, but I do not <laughs> believe that. I mean, how do you come out of that saying that it's nothing to do with the decision? This comes days after they moved on from Ryan Switzer, who they acquired earlier in the offseason, too. It's hard to decipher a roadmap in Oakland at all. And every, and every time Gruden speaks, I become almost more confused. It's almost as if when one of the best organizations in the league, the Pittsburgh Steelers, are desperately just trying to get rid of an extremely talented player who has had multiple suspensions, that maybe you shouldn't pick up the phone and give them a good pick for it. <laughs> yeah, this is that was a kick in the teeth day for especially Oakland fans, the fans that have been there for years, and and to know that your last year there is going to be just a flat out rebuild and last you, few years. You're you're acquiring players. You mentioned Mark Ryan Switzer. You traded for him. You traded for Martavis Bryant. They're both gone before they even play a game. I just wonder what, let's say Oakland were on Monday Night Football in week one and Gruden were still the well, Monday are. Night Football announcer. Okay, well, let's say if he were Rams. still in his previous job, Mac. what I mean, would uh, he Donald's. say about, let's say another coach had done everything that he had done this offseason, what would his analysis be? I cannot imagine when he took this job, he thought this would be the next six months he'd probably be He'd probably be fake positive about it. He, he probably would say it'd be great since he's fake positive. Yeah. It comes about down to those everything. two picks, but one of them was already – Khalil Mack. Uh, it's, that it's, was your home. You just think person. of what the Steelers got for Martavis Bryant. They dumped a guy, and instead of having this headache who is now out of the league perhaps forever, they have a four-year contract for James Washington, who's a not a similar player in some ways, skill set wise, for like what a total of two million dollars. That's how good organizations stay good. They have James Washington for four years, while the Raiders just have a huge cap hit. But don't worry, Raiders fans and, and anybody else uh, that's saying, oh, Oakland's not going to compete this year because A.J. McCarron's in the building. Uh, mm. John Gruden said a few days ago that he was not he – he didn't know if his backup quarterback was on the roster. Well, 
he sends a sixth round pick to the Buffalo Bills, who very quickly decided that A.J. McCarron was not part of their future. Speaking of hints, other teams should be giving you. And now McCarron is the number two to Derek Carr. So that is a flurry of activity for the Raiders. They wiped out E.J. Manuel. They got rid of Connor Cook. That was the that was Gruden's decision at the end of the preseason. And now you're bringing in a backup who has been with the team for hours and doesn't know the playbook yet. And you just got to hope something doesn't happen to Derek Carr. And you have a suspension for Daryl Worley, another guy that they brought in, like their first round pick from a couple years ago. Carl Joseph isn't starting. It's just it's so much to the point where I think. Raiders fans might feel differently, but to me, expectations should be extremely low. In a league that feels pretty balanced overall, I feel like the Raiders are in the bottom five. Never forget the Browns tried to get A.J. McCarron for a second and third round draft pick. It's it's in 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 it while, good? while they were critiqued because the whole thing fell through to to technical issues. No, they it's, should have been critiquing him for wanting to give up that and, much. And it's, for it's, a it's, lot it's almost it's the it's like the luckiest thing that happened right. to that team. Uh, moving on, terrible news uh, for the 49ers and running back Jarek McKinnon. Uh, during a practice, he, he cuts. Uh, he goes down in a heap. The team feared it was a potential ligament tear, and it was. A torn ACL that ends McKin McKinnon's first year uh, with San Francisco. Jarek McKinnon, Greg, who was signed to a, a, a rich contract to come to, Minnesota, uh, to come to San Francisco from Minnesota and be like a centerpiece for them, and now he's gone before the season even starts. That's pretty crushing. It, it is. It's going to be $11.5 million that he'll make this year, and he won't wind Oof. up winning to play. John Lynch has paid a lot of money to guys who haven't contributed much. They cut a guy, Jeremiah Tachu, who got $3.5 million Jeremiah guaranteed Tachu. this year. He didn't even make the team. Lynch has been sneaky on my radar for spending a lot of money on guys that don't help. McKinnon was just bad. You're talking so fast. It was bad luck, but it also was a case where they gave him a lot of money and then he tried to rush his way back on the field, which you just feel Oof. bad because he was coming back from a knee injury. You could tell he was trying to get back from week one. He probably came back too early to practice, and now they'll probably be starting Alfred Morris. Uh, week 2012 all over Rita. again. The, the funny thing is I don't know if they're that much worse with that. I mean, Alfred well, Morris looked pretty good last year in my mind. I had already assumed as soon as they signed Alfred Morris and he looked so good in that first game, and then you look at his history with Kyle Shanahan back with the Redskins, those were his best years, and it already looked like Alpha was going to play a big role, whether McKinnon was healthy or not. But it's disappointing that a guy that Kyle Shanahan, who's really good at this stuff, targeted him for mismatch purposes in the passing game. And maybe Matt Breida can do some of that, but not all of it. You, yeah, you, you, you're you left to wonder what he, uh, Shanahan could have do because I could have done with him because uh, he obviously had big plans. And I was thinking just a couple days before this happened, uh, I didn't speak on it because – that's how you jinx these things, and perhaps I did it anyway. This has been a <laughs> you're the reason this yeah, happened. A, a it all comes back to Dan. Yeah, a preseason, a preseason, and a summer. It's about me, uh, where we haven't had a ton of, or you know, too many notable ACL things, which is always the worst part of this time of year. Uh, but McKinnon got banged there. Let's move on. By the way, early winners and losers in this podcast. You and I right now in the losers category. We have a bright sun shining on our faces and skulls while these Greg and Wes are nicely shrouded in the, in the shade over here. Yeah, it wasn't, I didn't even know it was an issue. You know, we needed to light it up a little bit for the video. Yeah. Um, you guys are a little bit in darkness and now we're going to open up this one too. So wow. Rough situation. Still mo mostly on you guys. We haven't moved. The boat's been uh, docked for about 15 minutes now. Perhaps that's a good thing. Finally in the news, uh, Nick Foles expected to start week one that from rap sheet, uh, for the Eagles, so Carson Wentz, as we had kind of all suspected, uh, they were going to play this safe, and safe also means smart. They're not going to rush Wentz back to action, so it will likely, or is Nick Foles, who will be playing against the Falcons on Thursday night. Um, how much, Mark? Uh, well, you're a big preseason guy. We all know that. You take a lot out I of have, it. I am not. And <laughs> uh, Nick Foles was a bit of a nightmare, let's face it in the preseason but the last time he played a game that counted he uh he basically didn't blink against tom brady and won the super bowl you think the eagles are gonna be okay here i well i i would look more on the, like the long term i mean it, it's not great to have this situation against the falcons on thursday night with alshon jeffrey still a situation and you got a couple guys out for the eagles but this is a team that i trust long term this season and i think we forget how long the seasons are that if you need to put Foles in there for a couple weeks that you absolutely don't rush Carson Wentz back before he's ready to go. I wonder how many times the Super Bowl champion has been the underdog in the NFL kickoff game. They're not, though. 
I would pick the Falcons in this game, and I would do it confidently. Desert people say otherwise, and Greg would know. No, but you're going from I, the, I from the two the football team angle. I agree with you. Yeah. I, I agree. I think most people wind up picking the Falcons in that game. Maybe we all will on, on Tuesday night if, if we're going to pick that game. I, I agree with you. I love the Falcons coming into this season. But maybe that's like what Nick Foles likes. Like every time that – you, you know, when we assume Nick Maybe Foles he just had two year. good games and we think too he's deeply about this again. stuff. Uh, he, had, he had a great season. And people forget, he's had some ups in his career. I mean, he had a he great He didn't have a great year. season a last year. No, I mean in 2014 okay. when, when 26 touchdowns and, a, and an interception. All right, and last thing before we close the news, uh, it was cut down weekend as teams look to get to the final 53-man roster. Uh, and this is a tough time uh, on the calendar. So let's let's go through uh, some notable names that jumped out to you guys that maybe surprised you. Mark Sessler, we'll start with you. How about Dan Bailey getting cut by the Cowboys? Second that most accurate kicker in the league history. The most surprising one, I think. I got kicker corner. I was, all, I was excited to bring up Dan Bailey, Mark. I will say nothing else. I'll allow you to say, to add to that it's comment. It's going to be in Dan's next, actually all of our next <laughs> contracts that we're not even allowed to speak <laughs> on kickers anymore. Dan Bailey, a surprise cut. He, made, he was making good money for Dallas, and maybe that was behind it. Or maybe How about this? Why don't you tell us where he's working out this week? For the New York Jets, which make a lot of sense because the Jets have a lot of uh, – um, anxiety about who their kicker is going to be after they let Chandler Cannonzaro sign with the Bucks. So yeah, he's working out. Another name that jumps out, if we want to say on the kicker corner, Robbie Aguayo didn't make it. Yeah, tough, tough. He didn't make it. Uh, what jumped out to you, Greg? Paxton Lynch. Not that it was a surprise, but just that it came a day later than the original initial cuts, you know, were announced. And the fact that they're replacing him with Kevin Hogan is like bit of a kick in the teeth that on, threw your, me on too. your so way they, out. D- does, does John Elway assess that Kevin Hogan gives them a better chance to win than Paxton Lynch? Of Not course, that either yeah. do, but it's like, really? That's damning. Uh, who, who else? Tom Savage is now Savage. out of the league. You know, you know, that does not surprise it. me. That yeah, doesn't surprise it. me. You know what stuck out to me, though, is Terrence Newman retired at 40. So that wasn't a cut, but I think you can probably surmise that he was not going to make the team, uh, and they you know, decided to have a conversation with him. That is a guy just an under-the-radar great player for the Bengals and Vikings that he made it to age 40 as a super undersized cornerback. So pretty just, amazing. And it just happened to be a really deep uh, cornerback room there in Minnesota right now, and some injuries I think maybe squeezed him out. But how, it's an incredible career. How about the state of Co- Corey Coleman's career right now? He's basically Justin Gilbert, a first-round pick from the Browns who his attitude was questioned throughout his stay – has no value left at all what, just a couple years after he was drafted. He hasn't had any lower body injuries. He obviously has to have incredible raw ability to be a first-round pick, even if he shouldn't have been that high. Where is that? Is that just not on display? Like I don't. I, it's, it's baffling to me that a Buffalo team, I'm not saying they made the wrong decision, that they wouldn't just hold on to the guy and try to cultivate him, but there must be nothing to work they with. They must have not been well, they surprised, mi- happily surprised with yeah, him Whether it's level. desire or, you know, they, there was talk about ability to, you know, pick up the playbook, stuff like that. They did make the wrong decision to trade for him. I mean, the seventh-round pick, whatever, but they're actually ha- – he has like $3 million on their cap this yeah, year. I mean, they get to give, give him money. The Martavis Bryant deal almost, like, took – the heat off of uh, the Bills for that because it was so bad, but that w- that was pretty ugly. Bad news for Spice Rack, Jonathan Williams, surprise cut by the Saints. Another uh, surprise, uh, not really surprise, but another first-round pick along with Lynch that got whacked, Rashad Perryman, who ends what was really a deeply disappointing a uh, couple of years with the Ravens. Now uh, working out for the Jets. Now maybe the their worst first-round pick ever. Matt Elam and, and him would be And they struggled the to draft options. wideouts in general throughout oh, Ozzie yeah. Newsom's history. There, there were two surprises to me. It's not like headline news, but Landry Jones and Davis Webb were guys that the Cognoscenti. Nice. Doing that right. Pronunciation, yeah. But everyone thought that they would be a backup. In fact, I saw some Steelers writers essentially call fans and you know idiots for suggesting that Landry Jones would be on – on the waiver wire because that's Ben's guy and Ben wanted him to be. And it's like, yeah, Ben's not making the personnel decision. So, but that, and, and Davis will have a third round pick from a year ago for the Giants. I think one, one hard knocks battle that we were told would lead to one of two players getting cut between Nate Orchard and Carl Nassib. Nassib, a star of hard knocks. Both are gone. Spoiler alert. Along with Devin Kajust. Juice. Juice. So all three of them out how the door. Dare, how dare you? Uh, this is really the first, uh, 
moved by this new Browns regime and John Dorsey that I can't get behind. Like, you can't just put a juiced on your week one roster to make people well, once happy. Well, we saw the rocks and the Give stones and stuff, it was time to move on. Let's you want to cut him in week two? Well, if he gets his guaranteed <laughs> money for the year, yeah. I just think for the hard knocks story of, all, of it all, like, you're not going anywhere, Cleveland, this year. Let's just make get America behind you. And lastly. And now, another edition of Keeping Up with Bowen. Mo Berenger released by the Bengals. Mark, I'll listen. This he is just, tough. He won't. He can't seem to stick. Well, now he's been released as a wide receiver and also a tight end, where he was trying to uh, make a career shift in Cincinnati. Has he ever come close to making a roster? Well, don't tell Henry he hasn't. And that was another edition of Keeping Up with Bowen. All right, gentlemen, that's what's happening in the news. Oh, one, Antonio Gates, still in the league, signed with the Chargers. How about that? Didn't want to go through training camp or preseason. I like that. You got the sense from the Chargers, just reading between the lines, their front office, they were almost like a little annoyed by how long (laughs) Antonio Gates didn't want to come into camp because I I was there at one of the camp practices, and and a fan yelled out to uh, their general manager, Tom Telesco, like, where's Antonio? Bring Antonio back. And and he made kind of a uh, comment just like, yeah, we're waiting. We're waiting, ah. too, or some, some, something to that effect. Um, yeah, so Gates comes in there. Hunter Henry, by the way, not placed on IR. He's placed on the pup list. Uh, so, I don't know, make that make of that what you will. I don't know. Could, but if, he's not on the IR. Yeah, if they're in playoff contention, he might be able to return in late December or January. Okay, gentlemen, here we are. We're still on the boat. Um, Might be here all Anthony, day. Anthony, what did you think about the uh, Khalil Mack trade? The where? Khalil <laughs> Mack traded to the Bears. Your thoughts? I haven't got a Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> That's good analysis as well. I finally found something you didn't know about. That's a drop. There you go. Uh, all right. So, the season is three days away. I don't even know what day it is anymore. What, the, what is today? Monday? Ooh, all it's day. Monday? Rough. Rough Monday. I mean, it's it's, the there have been rougher Mondays, Dan. You're, it's, it's a sunny, beautiful day in London. You're on a tour boat. <laughs> highly annoying customers here. Um, uh, yeah, so with week one upon us, uh, we thought, and here in beautiful London, and it is beautiful, and people have been friendly, and our hotel is nice, and the hotel bar is great, and there's, what's the name of the game? It's not billiards. It's not pool. Snooker? Snooker. Snooker. Which, fascinating to me, it's a, the balls are small. History of snooker, please. Snooker, not snooker. <laughs> it seems like a very sorry, Anthony. It seems like a, a a royal game. The balls are a little smaller. Uh, are you calling them soft? I, I don't know. I, I just like maybe I like the eight ball being involved. Well, you and you and our producer Todd Metcalf the table got for into a uh, eight ball. You and Todd got into it last oh, night. Yeah, Todd hit it. Well, we're hitting another very – it's not a secret where we're going on Friday, right? A very Another very British uh, sport oh, taping, yeah. taping at the cricket match. Uh, who's, who's the uh, opponents? England versus India. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good – So rivalry going back here. Hackers give me a little bit of a background on that. This is It's going to be fierce. It's either going to be a deciding game or the next team will be playing or England's playing the next game. Yeah, I've heard I've heard series. it's sort of like just talking to the people around here. It's like the Jaguars-Titans of Europe. <laughs> it's just like it really goes back. A lot, of tough, a lot of feelings back and forth. Hold that thought, guys. We have more words from sponsors. ADT. ADT can design and install a smart home just for you, backed by 24-7 protection. Explore the vast number of things you can do with your secure smart home. You have things like game day service. Are you kidding me? And ADT automation that unlocks the front door for friends who arrive at your place for the game while you're still out getting snacks. Hyper-specific, but that's true. Or home run service, which lets you check in on your home's cameras even while you're in the nosebleeds or even goalkeeping service, which lets you close your garage door while you're at your kid's soccer practice to help criminals and critters stay on the sidelines. 
Mark. Not to mention, you could set up your home to automatically do things like lock the doors and set the thermostat thermostat when you leave, all controlled from the ADT app or the sound of your voice and backed by 24-7 protection. Visit ADT.com slash smart to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. All right. So with the season upon us uh, and uh, being here in beautiful London, England, uh, let's preview, uh, throw out some season preview kind of storylines, narratives, things that we're seeing out there. Um, and uh, Greg, I'd like you to get oh, you nervous. Are you nervous? No, I'm ready. I'm ready for these superlatives. I thought or awards. Superlatives. So these are superlatives. That's, okay. that's what I believe they were too. All right. Okay. Good. Some superlatives. All right. Greg Rosenthal. Well, this is um, the Robbie Williams slash <laughs> Be Here Now by Oasis uh, award uh, for failing to follow up like on a big hit. And I, I would say there, there's a few candidates. Uh, the Jaguars and the Vikings are uh, two candidates, but I'm going to give the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, this, this award. Uh, even though on paper the offense should be – terrific i think the division is deeper i don't think the afc nfc imbalance is going to be nearly as bad as people think there's more bad teams in the afc but i think there's enough good teams between uh the afc north i think the jaguars and the titans and texans are all going to be uh very competitive that that you're going to need 10 or 11 wins to make it and there's just something in the fact that this team has been better i've been together long enough and they haven't gotten over the hump and if you look at, especially in Mike Tomlin's run, they've had a hard time kind of avoiding those occasional nine and seven type years where they disappoint. And the defense, especially in the secondary, has me worried. And I think they're gonna they're gonna struggle to follow up. I think the Vikings and Jaguars are two two other candidates for this. But it always happens that there has to be one disappointing team. I'll go with the Steelers. Well, while we're on the Steelers, maybe we should give out the Big Ben Award mm. to Big Ben. <laughs> Big Ben. That's confusing. Upset. The monument here under construction, you know, a little bit dilapidated. <laughs> this is so funny, by the way, because you took my exact thing. Oh, Big Ben under construction motif. So run with it. Yeah, but it's going to come back more beautiful than ever. I and Ben it. can't move the way he used to. He's mm. not making magic happen in the pocket the way he used to. There's probably an injury at some point in October or November he's going to have to grind through. By January, it's going to come out looking as good as new. Steelers, deep playoff run. The Big Ben Award, Big Ben. My Big Ben-related uh, scenario was uh, under construction. Nailed it, just like you. Uh, but the teams that are uh, – like we're not able to see Big Ben on this trip, which is actually called what, Anthony? The Elizabeth Tower. Did you know that? I, I did not know that. Know that. I, well, no, that, that information is unknown in the States. Big Ben is the bell. Big. And, and don't is Elizabeth Tower. And don't you, you dare go. call – Tower Bridge, London Bridge, like don't a lot of like a lot of American you monkeys. <laughs> uh, we know. Yeah, we know. We see you. It is not London. Br the actual bridge, the famed bridge, is Tower Bridge. Learned that from Anthony as well. All right. Anyway, um, we got, no, my, we got my some hot picks under that, by the way, today. Don't worry. Like, if you're worried that not enough of this trip's being documented, we have a picture for every moment. We're <laughs> actually true. taking a pictures right now. Wait, let's stay on the Steelers actually before we get into more Big Ben talk. So, you think the Steelers are ready to come down a little bit? I do. Yeah, I think uh, as Anthony shows us uh, Ooh, some beautiful, beautiful pictures under Tower Bridge. Uh, yeah, I do. I just, I mean, it, it's a, it's just like a gut feeling that kind of this team Le'Veon Bell's last year Antonio Brent there's a lot of personalities and we've seen that and I can just see like when the going gets tough here there are always a team that has some sort of drama during the year and maybe this is the year they can't well really let me ask you it. this if this plays out the way that you believe you think Mike Tomlin will be out the door along with Le'Veon Bell after this season that's a very different Steelers team going forward I mean, you're essentially predicting doom for a team the that Rooney, might be the if, best team in the if AFC. If they went 9-7, and seven, would the Roonies keep Mike Tomlin? I think they kind of would because that's just what they do. It probably depends on the level of uh, struggle that what they that have. What that season looks like. Greg, nine and a half wins over under Steelers. I'm going to go under. Wow. So you really I'm going to go, I'm gonna go push. They are going to win nine and a half games. Wow. <laughs> see, that, that would actually change reality just in general. Dan, I get the sense that you feel like we've suddenly turned too negative on the Steelers. I think so. That would be my, my feeling, that the Steelers are ready to um, 
I think they're kind of the window is maybe closing on the Big Ben era, but I think maybe there's a year left. I I, I see them as like a 11 win team still. They're too talented to be like a huge disappointment. I think. I agree with you, and they and they're not the team. They I I hear you, Greg, that they have the letdown season every once in a while, but not with this not with this cast right here with Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and, and Ben Roethlisberger. That's not been the case with these guys, so it would be a first. Juju could be a star too. They've got so much talent. Um. All right, I'm going to ditch my Big Ben thing. I got a superlative for you, unless you want to throw a second one in. I haven't done one yet. Throw a first one in. Uh, I'm confused. I feel like you've talked about five things at this point. Yeah, well, I have. There's a lot of talking going on on today's podcast. Uh, I'll, I'm going to throw out uh, – actually, why don't you go, Mark? You seem excited. I, I would be happy to. Go ahead. I would be happy to. I mean, you know, here we're here in England, in London, and a lot of people talk about Prince Harry and Meghan Markle as oh. one of the great <laughs> young couples couple. here, right? Really on trend here. I love it. Well, I'm trying to follow what you guys said. I actually put, put that up on the fly. But I will say this. The cutest couple in the NFL this season is Jets general manager Mike McCagnan and rookie quarterback Sam Darnold in my book. I'll tell you why, because I think this season's going to look a lot different. If we want to talk about the Pittsburghs of the worlds and the changing of the guard, this crop of rookie quarterbacks, for me, makes this entire campaign interesting. We have new quarterbacks to look at. It's not the same cast of characters. And Darnold's the one guy that out of this whole group, this team believes, its fan base believes, Jets fans, am I wrong? They are in love with Sam Darnold. And I think no matter what he even does this year, they just see him as their savior. And he doesn't need to go out and win 10 games. It's about him growing as a quarterback. And he essentially has probably saved Mike McCagnin's job. Thanks. Saved Mike McCagnin's job as a, as a piercing screech we'll comes in over the boat airways. It, but it, if, if he does not hit uh, as a quarterback, it will cost Mike McCagnin his job. Isn't it a little surprising? I was thinking about this the other day that in today's NFL, in this uh, quarterback rich draft where there were five guys taken in round one, only one starting week one. Yeah, it's I think just Arnold. That's sort of like a case by case basis, right? Because Cleveland is adamant that Tyrod Taylor is going to start. In most years, the team picking number one overall isn't trading for a veteran and installing him Not at right all. there at Very the top. Unusual. And then the Cardinals had already gone out and gotten Sam Bradford, who they brought in specifically to run that offense. It's like last year we were all worried that Tom Savage was starting Savage. week one. <laughs> Ultimately, like I picked Baker Mayfield to win Rookie of the Year on our uh, predictions for the season. And I like I don't know how that's going to happen. I'm just figuring at some at, whether it's injury or the Browns are losing – or they just want him in there, I, he'll find a way into the starting lineup by week five or six, and that to me is I long mean, enough ha- to win him Rookie to win of the Year. Rookie of the Year, he'd have to be in there in the, in the first four or five games at yeah, the latest, I mean, right? Yeah, you could you could start ten games. If you started ten games and you look great, you can win Rookie of the Year. Vince Young did it, See, I picked Sam Darnold to win because I think, barring total disaster injury, they're going to keep him in there for 16 games no matter what it looks like. They have to, right? They cannot yank him due to tough weather. A week, in, in a week is a November. long time during an NFL season. It's a soap opera. That that narrative can change so much over one or two bad games by Tyrod Taylor. I, I d- well, exactly with Tyrod Taylor, but with Darnold, I think they can't. They they cannot. I think the only way he would leave the lineup up. is if a obviously if he was hurt, but b if he was so lost that they felt like they needed to get him out of the out of the heat. But I don't. Everything that I've seen from him thus far tells me that he might not set the world on fire immediately. But I think he's going to be steady. I think I really have a very good feeling about him. And I think, Wes, we talked about it at the uh, airport bar um, before we got on the plane yesterday. Oh, yes, you did. This is like a great time to be a Jets fan in terms of the optimism angle. Like, it's a lot to be excited about. You know what it reminds me of? The 49ers last December. There's nothing more uplifting in sports than having a, a young savior with a world of possibilities in the future. You have no idea what Sam Darnold's career could look like. But you can sit and dream about a Hall of Fame and, you know, back to the promised land. That This is all within the realm of possibility. Dan, let's say this boat, let's say we were to be stuck here for 15 years, cannot get off. Would you rather be with Meghan Markle or Sam Darnold? Who is your, who would who would you like to be coupled with? You know, theoretically. Wait, so is not, my relationship with my wife over? Well, she's not here. She's That's in America. Important. She would be attending to your children in another country. So. If, if Emily was cool with it, it would probably be Meg, I would have to say. Just like in terms of it's actually company. kind for you, you wouldn't be pulling Sam Darnold out of a uh, Jets career, also. So I mean, I don't think people love Sam Darnold for his conversation. <laughs> you know? No, that's probably. <laughs> <true>. <laughs> um, all right, I'm finally, I'm ready. 
Now, I, you know, I've gone back and forth about whether you'd make my Big Ben analogy. You can do a couple. I, do a I few had a couple, ones. but the, I will do the Big Ben analogy. Under construction. All right, so we don't get to see we don't get to see the, the Great Tower, the Elizabeth Tower, um, because it's covered in scaffolding, and it's been that way for a while now. And will be for how much longer, Anthony? Three years. Three years, but it's a British workman, so it uh, could be longer. <laughs> Such a patriot. Oh, oh, it could be longer. Okay. That was a shot. Um, so Leisure time. You look at teams that are have been under construction. See that? For the last year, couple of years, that now people are starting to get excited. Like, this is the year. What to you, gentlemen, and I'll, I'll give my choice first, and then I want to hear what you guys think. Which team that's been under construction uh, is actually not ready? And it should be you got to they should be under they're going to be under construction for another year, even if people are saying they're ready to land. Now, I will throw out the Chiefs who are maybe a little unconventional because they've been a contender. uh, But people are saying they're ready now to kind of take the next step as an organization. And I think that right now with Mahomes, not as concerned about him, but with the defense, which was terrible last year. We're not. We haven't gotten any good signs in the preseason that it's better. They would be my team that is not ready. Uh, just like Big Ben wasn't ready for our visit here, uh, is not ready for um, Super Bowl contention status in 2018. I got one for you, and I, only because not not that I believe this room or this boat thinks that th- thinks this way. <laughs> you were so dismissive <laughs> of the boat when no, you said just, that. No, it's like well, it's not a room. An it's not roll. a room, and technically. We're, we're flying again, by the way. Oh, we're, we're moving. We're, we're moving. off and running. The Union Jacks, you know, flying in the breeze up there. Flapping. It's a beautiful thing. How about the the people that want to put the New York Giants back in the playoffs? I feel like I see this all the time on Twitter, and to me, they are under construction, and I think that there's uh, some enticing pieces in place on offense. Don't love the defense. Uh, you have issues potentially at quarterback. If you know Eli Manning could fall apart at any moment, and no that backup just, to save the day, and no backup. So it's just that uh, let's hold off a little bit because I, th- I think that there are a couple players away before they're going to challenge in a very tough NFC. So you're out on Eli this season. I'm not out on Eli in the way that Wes and Greg historically are out because I, d- I think that he's probably at some point going to find a way to win one more Super Bowl over the Patriots <laughs> and we'll be there to watch it. But but yes, I don't think mm. they're a playoff team. I think right they're now. going 11 I think, and five. I think back? James Betcher, their coordinator, was kind of a sneaky big pickup, and they do have players Betcher. on that side. It's a little like. They have stars, and then they have big drop-offs. But they're dangerous. I feel like they're that any team in that division could make the playoffs. It wouldn't shock me. The Giants were my choice, too. The Chiefs are good. Um, the Niners? Yeah, I think the Niners one. are – I was going to say the Buccaneers because they do have talent. They've got talent at the skill positions on offense. They've got a really interesting front seven now. And I don't trust anything about the quarterback-coach dynamic. That's fair. I would go with the Niners because of the defense and because it almost came – not because it came too easily last year, just because I, I think the – And because the Giants are going to steal their wild card spot. In your- right, and the problems that they've had over the last few years, Kyle Shanahan and Garoppolo fix like a lot of them, but they don't fix the whole team. Um, I guess I'll throw out my other one. The, the uh, Oasis v. Blur, uh, nasty Britpop feud of the mid-'90s award – uh, that could go to Oakland Raider fans and this current Raiders regime, and it's something to keep an eye on. How this how this can turn if this gets ugly? Because you can, from an organizational standpoint, even though I disagree, and I think you guys all agree that or all disagree with their decision to uh, not keep Khalil Mack, who's like a once in a generation talent, and uh, at a position where it's almost impossible to get a guy at that level. Um, but I just think that if they get off to a slow start, if they get off to a slow start, the fans are going to turn on that team and on mm. that coach. And organizationally, yes, you have two first-round picks coming. That doesn't do anything for these people in Oakland who kind of got banged a little bit here. And, and I could see them really hand, uh, you know, dishing out some vitriol uh, if this team gets off to a slow start and making it a really ugly season uh, yeah, in Oakland. The thing I never bought to begin with was that, hey, let's give these Oakland fans two really nice seasons before, hey, we just moved your team to Las Vegas, but there'll be no hard feelings. This is a different type of fan base than the 31 other in the league because every sports Although, bar you go to, hold on, every sports bar you go to, there are Raiders fans, and they're, they are the, one of the most loyal 
groups around. Right. This feels incredibly toxic from where we were six months ago when it was the John Gruden press conference with 250 reporters and they're all hands on deck in our newsroom. This is what we've been waiting for since the late 90s. It couldn't, you could never have imagined how poorly it has gone right now. Well, all Every, you got to do is win week one against the Rams. And the one thing, and then everyone That's all they have to do? Pretty much, because... I don't know about what? that. They're going to win go all five that matters and 11. is the previous week for these fans in general. Like, if, if you can win games is my point, then they won't care. My, my thing I just say about Raiders fans, I've never seen them turn against a team. They were mediocre and terrible for year after year, and they were so loyal, and they would just fight against everyone else. So yeah, my fight would be Raiders versus us, Raiders fans versus no, but the rest of the league, and they're always it's different. It's different because they never, they never took the team and moved to Vegas yeah, before. That's so a that's, big that's, part of this. That's, you, can't, you can't even compare that. And then everybody's playing nice, like Mark said. This idea that for two years it's going to be fine, you know, nobody's getting all that upset, and it seemed like that, and now this trade comes, and it's a reminder, why am I rooting for this team that's picking up and moving to a different city? It's a reminder to all those fans, is it worth it? I, I would say just they're not logical. Like, you see the Chargers-Raiders game, or even the Raiders when they were in the preseason in L.A., logical. and they're all there in L.A. Like, the Raiders fans are just like – they're a different breed. I kind of give them credit I, for that because I agree in the sense that you could never have tried to pull this move off with any other fan base, and they see, they've seemed fine with it. You're telling Oakland fans, though, we're playing the long game. We care about being successful in that brand-new stadium in Las Vegas. We don't care about you, but we're still going to play eight home games a year in front of you. That's what I was specifically setting up as the Raiders fans that are in that area of the country. It's like when they made the announcement to go to Vegas, it was like, opening up a wound for that team. And now this, the Mac move is just like throwing salt on that wound and being like, oh, do you want to root for us now? You still want to root for us, Oakland fans? Because we're basically daring you to leave us at this point. That's how it came off to me. And I'm wondering how They've got one foot out the door now. That's what it would seem like if I'm, if I'm in Oakland, if I'm in that area, the Bay Area, I'm a Raiders fan for a long time. It feels like the team has one foot out the door and is already headed to Vegas. If Twitter is any indication, they are pissed right now, Raiders They should fans. be. Um, anybody have any other ones before we? Bring I, I did. I did one, and I thought it was perfect, and I didn't really need to come up you, with a second. Perfect. Beautiful. So, like, what do you got? Let's go back to the Chiefs for this uh, Hugh Grant biggest biggest flirt award. <laughs> Chiefs are out there flirting. With I everyone. feel bad for the UK fans. Is like this is all you guys know about the UK <laughs> is like Grant. Oasis twice and Hugh Grant That's and Big Ben. Chiefs flirting with excitement and. Uh, the notion of unlimited possibilities all year long and then Patrick Mahomes rawness his his turnovers his up and down season is going to be the biggest flirt that you think you're ready to compete but you're not yet ready like uh Hugh Grant Patrick Mahomes has kind of an annoying voice <laughs> Hugh Grant has a great voice he's always nervous yeah Hugh he does Grant. play the nervous guy yeah I mean he's done well with that act I I think say? though uh that uh, as Tamposi shows me some awards she wants me to read. I'm not reading your material. You want to say you can say it in a couple <laughs> minutes. Give me a break. Hey, Greg, throw your under the you're throwing I mean, her under the boat. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I want her. I'd be, I'd be happy. I'd be happy with, with her on, on the show. Angry Greg is right now. Mahomes, <laughs> Mahomes uh, definitely not angry. Just giving her grief. Um, Mahomes, I, I think, has, Erica, Erica's Erica's poor has, eyes more, right now. has more like potential to make insane plays than almost anyone that's entered the league that's since why he's Michael a flirt. Vick. Like, like seri- maybe Michael Vick and Aaron Rodgers as first-year starters who are just going to dominate, like, highlights, you know, on the weekend. You wanna, let's have you read it. I want you to read it. Greg uh-huh. did his best to get through that point. I don't want to anymore. He, oh, it was the Queen, the Queen Elizabeth hey. Old AF uh, <laughs> Award. <laughs> and uh, I'll give that to, I guess, a- Adam Vinatieri would have to to get it, you know, it's like. How about Tom Brady? Are we just talking? That's what I wrote, but you had to take Tom Brady, Queen Elizabeth. He's old but respected. It's a great award, Erica. It's a great award. He barely like can move. Anthony around. is Queen Elizabeth respected? Yes or no? Of course. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Tom to get Brady, it from Queen Elizabeth. The man you think he's himself. gonna put otherwise on a public show? No, I was no, just that was a test smart. of your allegiance to your nation. He's already besmirched the workers of England. There's a, there's a lot of candidates for that. A lot of people old AF uh, in the NFL. Drew Brees. Would be another. I'll throw out one one yeah. here. I just uh, thinking. How about the like bandwagon? We're gonna claim this team after all. 
uh, award. Uh, it's it's after Andy Murray, how this country really tried to claim the Scotsman, even though they had a mixed Ooh. feeling about him for a while. But once he start winning, Is this some you know, esoteric tennis yeah. talk. I mean, it's not that esoteric. <laughs> he's a pretty big sports star, so they claimed him, even though he's uh, he's Scottish. How about Los Angeles claiming the Chargers when they get the number one seed in the AFC, and people just start oh boy. jumping there the board and be like, "All right, let's just do it. This is the most fun talented team ever. Let's just jump on board." And how about Los Angeles being uh, the center of the pro football universe with two of the best teams in the league? I think it would be a major upset if the Chargers become a big thing in Los Angeles that leads to massive ticket sales. The only thing that could bail the Chargers out of a very uncomfortable situation that they chose to put themselves in, by the way, which is being playing in a city that doesn't necessarily want them, is to win. And if they put together like a 12-4, and the city... Will definitely there there will be a bandwagon building. I don't know if but they I weren't. Think they, by the way, they weren't bad last year. No, no, but I don't think they started zero and four. I mean, that's a tough way to How move they to finish? a new town. I've lived eight here eight. for like ten years now. I just I don't know if Chargers fever is going to grip yeah. this town. I don't know. I, that I, I really think happen. that their yeah. record is the reason they struggled last year in this I, town in Los Angeles. No, but Absolutely I think not. starting zero and four certainly didn't didn't help. Did uh, not, did no, help. it didn't help in the way that they did it. I do think though. Maybe not even so much the local fans in L.A. catching a board, but if you have a situation where the Rams and the Chargers are both teams that are getting buys or competing for buys, there's going to be a lot of like, ooh, Los in, you know, a lot of like kind of combining them together in terms of national stories that like, you know, the NFL wasn't even there a few years ago. Now it's the center of the you know, NFL when they, universe. When the Rams and Raiders were both here, Tim Brown, <laughs> when he went into the Hall of Fame, talked about returning a kickoff in his rookie season in the Coliseum getting to the end zone and having it be completely empty. Los Angeles is not a two-football team town. It absolutely is not. Um, Harry Styles um, flirt award? You got a flirt, flirt too? Yeah, a Harry Styles tease award. Now we're just... It goes to the Chargers. Who's Harry Styles? Oh, okay. you, you guys are going to get... You're gonna, you don't know Harry Styles? No, it sounds like a made-up name. You know how the oh, four of us were doing a photo shoot out there? Well, it's 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 not unlike One Direction doing a photo shoot when they were when they were launching. Do you know who One Direction is? Sounds like a British boy band. There you go. He's like the star. They're not. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Chargers. The Chargers are tease. You, you're gonna get sucked in, Greg, and then they're gonna drop another nine and seven on your head, and you're gonna be mad. It's it's the Raiders who should have moved to Los Angeles. Can we agree with that? I mean, this this whole Chargers to LA thing just simply does not make sense. I just think we should have Anthony on one more time Anthony, before we say uh, goodbye. It's Anthony, actually. Anthony. Thank you, Anthony and the Johnsons, for being a great photographer, a friendly bloke, and uh, just highly informational. Well, thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure. Love that man. Uh, all right. Next time you hear from us, uh, we it will be Wednesday probably, right, Erica? Uh, but um, Wednesday is when you'll hear the show. But Tuesday night at the Curtain Club in London, we will do our live show. We're very excited about that. Next time you hear from us, uh, and then uh, just giving you a schedule of the week on Friday, you'll uh, get our uh, week one preview and Thursday night football season uh, kickoff recap. Uh, so a lot of good stuff coming your way. Uh, that's it. Anything else? Did I forget anything? All right. The boat is docking. I don't know if that means we can get off. No, we're not near where we were, but we didn't park here either. It doesn't matter. All right. Here we go. Let's get out of here. This is Dan Hansen signing off for The Quiet Storm, The Mailman, The Old Boss, The Loose Cannon, and Anthony on the boat. Oh, my goodness. We're in London. Till Tuesday night.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.